0: For those of you listeners who know my background a bit, you might remember the stories of my first few jobs after college. From being a mall cop to selling makeup door to door, I realized that I had skills that were being underutilized, and that these minimum wage jobs couldn't support me or last forever. I spent years going through YouTube, reading books, listening to podcasts, and taking enough online courses to reinvent myself as a professional copywriter and digital marketer. Years later, thanks to my side hustles and drive, I've worked with national news outlets, multi-million dollar tech startups, nonprofits, and celebrities to build their brands and drive sales. None of this could have happened if I didn't develop in-demand skills. I had to do this alone, but you don't have to. You have Hustlers University 2.0. Hustlers University 2.0 is a community where you can learn real skills to earn money online today, starting with side hustles you can use to elevate your game. I'm not just an advocate for Hustlers University. I'm also a student. Every professor is verified to be making 10K to 500K monthly in their selected field. You get full resources, lesson plans, and an active community of thousands of other Hustlers University students working on skills such as stock analysis, cryptocurrencies, e-commerce, copywriting, which was my favorite course, one I actually went ahead and took last month. And as a copywriter of seven years, I even took a ton out of that, including some of the resources I was able to take over to my day job. You also learn freelancing, financial planning affiliate marketing, business management, and so much more. If you're tired of depending on a boss who hates you to deliver your paycheck or have learned since the lockdowns that controlling the source of your income is vital to your individual freedom, sign up for Hustlers University 2.0 today using the link in the show notes. I'll see you there. Welcome back. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How it be. How podcasters start their introductions is always really interesting because some people tend to fall into a bit of a habit where it just comes naturally to them and they don't even think, okay, I have to do the opening. And then you've got some people that really want it to become like the tagline of their show. And what's really, uh, what's really funny is when you could tell, like, it's really, really forced. There's this one guy I started watching, and um, he, he started doing a, a podcast to go ahead and promote his business. And he starts it off with, how it be? And it's like, dude, you're white and you're 50. Like, you shouldn't be, like, that's just, it, 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 doesn't, it doesn't go with the gimmick everyone has a little bit of a gimmick. Everybody who does this type of stuff, anybody who puts themselves out there as a content creator or whatever, there's always a degree of showmanship. But sometimes it it comes off as just way more unnatural than you probably intended. Now, I see this with a lot of uh, new people. When I started doing this in 2015, 2016, I definitely uh, made it awkward at the beginning and my outros were just as awkward. Now I just kind of fall into a routine of say this, say that, and it's pretty much done. I don't really think about it as much. That's why so often on the show, especially when I have guests, I just go straight into it because it's like you're not really here for, you know, really for the people. You're here because they're addressing a certain thing or a certain topic or they, they're going to answer a specific question that you want. You just want to get straight into it. And if you really care about them, you'll go in the show notes and, and read that stuff. But – uh you know it's just one of those things that comes with time it comes with doing it you're gonna change all the time i mean right now i'm just looking at you know my my uh my living room and i've got one microphone over there and another microphone over there and i'm just looking at it and i'm like these aren't even like half the microphones i've owned over the years and um you know music changes everything changes formats change you just kind of kind of go with the flow of it and that's kind of today's topic. It's going to be a shorter show, which I usually just say before it goes long. But um, this month makes eight months of practicing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, some of you who are regular listeners remember I did an interview with Joshua Janis, who's an amazing black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. He's one of the coaches at a neutral ground in Milwaukee. And, uh, he's a, he's a great guy. I attended his, uh, fire and water Wim Hof breathing and jujitsu seminar in December for my 27th birthday. And it was a, a two day jujitsu and Wim Hof, uh, breathing seminar that also involved a, a cold exposure exercise in uh, Lake Michigan. And <laughs> it was, uh, I, I did a whole episode just about that event too. And, um, you know it's uh it, it's it's been it's been 8 months and it feels longer and at the same time it also still feels very fresh but you know it it's uh it, it's something that I didn't tell a lot of people about it when I first started and the reason why is because I didn't want to start it and quit it wasn't necessarily a confidence issue it was more of like a will I actually be able to do it Um, because, you know, for for people who have been listening for years now, you you probably know that I had a a pretty severe neck injury when I was in college. And because of that, I was on, uh, you know, a whole bunch of pain medications. I was on antidepressants. I gained a bunch of weight, had a few more injuries. And, you know, it just didn't seem like something I would ever be able to do. But I, I can genuinely say that I have seen a change in myself, Personally and physically i 'm sorry no emotionally and physically over the past eight months that is only really a result of going and practicing now, um, when I started, my goal was just go twice a week, and I can quickly tell you that that turned into me going three to four days a week, even if i couldn 't make one of the classes at my own school. Uh, after I did that camp and I made friends from other gyms across the Milwaukee area, uh, they have open mats where, you know, one day for an hour during the week, people can come and just train with other people to, you know, practice and see what's going on because it's a big community that feeds off each other. And I started, um, going to other gyms and, uh, and, and rolling with people rolling is the term for sparring. And uh, you know, some of my classmates were like, "What are you doing, going around fighting other people at gyms?" I'm like, "No, I mean it's it's me, uh, you know, getting trained with friends from other schools, and it's uh, it's been crazy. I mean, I typically go after work. Um, I'll go Sundays. My my school started doing morning classes, so I've been going to the morning classes too." And, um, you know, at first it was really for two reasons. One, I, I needed to lose weight. I really, really needed to because I had lost a little bit of weight after my uh, job loss at the beginning of 2021. But, uh, you know, that was mainly as a result of stress because I was no longer as stressed and in such a toxic work environment. You know, some of that weight came off. It also came from, you know, having worked in a warehouse for a couple of months when I was in Virginia before I moved back out to Wisconsin. But, uh, you know, I knew that when I was here, it was like, I I had to, I had to find a way to do it. And just going to the gym, you know, like I'm not discounting that I'm not saying that's important, but I, I also had this need where it's like, you know, I don't know anybody here. I don't have any friends here. And you know, that, that also helped kind of drive me towards it. And secondly, um, since leaving the army and since everything in twenty twenty that happened, I had this break in my own self-confidence. Was it was a feeling where it was like I I felt like I couldn't defend myself. I felt like I would be more of a victim to the world as everything just got more dangerous. And it was like, you know, I'm not saying I wanted to become like, you know, John Wick or anything, but I at least wanted to feel that that side of me that's like I can be dangerous. It was a side of me that I felt like I had as a soldier and honestly like after after all that stuff, like even my last few years in the army, I was I was kind of sidelined from a lot of stuff because of injuries, but um you know, it's not a good feeling when it's like, you know, you're unhealthy, you're sad, you're lonely, you can't defend yourself if shit goes down. So, one of the things I really thought of when I got here was the idea of getting back into some type of combat sports. Growing up, uh my brother Ryan and I, we did taekwondo. My my brother became a first degree black belt. I got uh I was two belts below black belt, but when we were in Texas as kids and teenagers, we actually competed competitively and um, you know, we we placed in all different types of matches. I think the highest I ever got was it was for my age group against uh, a whole bunch of people from across the state. Uh, I came in second for like weapons and forms and sparring. And I mean, we, we did that a couple of times. We always placed in one of the top three positions at a in-house tournaments. I mean, we, we got really freaking good at that. And then at one point we just stopped, but I I always liked it more than like team sports. I've always hated team sports. It's like, you know, with martial arts, it's, um, it's entirely you. It's like the ultimate meritocracy. So, it was, uh, it was one of those things where it's like, you know what, fall back to what you know, fall back to what you want to do. Originally, I actually wanted to try and do boxing. The issue with that, though, is because of my neck and because of my history of concussions, as much as I love bo- watching boxing, it was one of those things where it's like, I know that if I get a few hits to the head, uh, I'm probably dealing with more than just a concussion at that point. So as I started looking around at what was in the area, I knew I didn't want to do, I didn't want to start over Taekwondo. It's like, you know, that book has already been written. Um, You know, I I had, as a kid, because I went between two different associations, I actually had to restart from White Belt twice. And, you know, as a teenager, I was like, well, you know, a year has passed in a completely different part of the country, fine, I'll restart. So, you know, I, I got promoted pretty fast within a couple of years because I, I already knew the stuff. I wasn't a white belt in experience. Um, it's just that I was with a different association and they didn't recognize my former stuff. And, you know, I was like, whatever, let's just go ahead and do this. So the idea of doing that again for Taekwondo just wasn't it. I also realized in the army that um, Taekwondo is just not a practical self-defense martial art. It just wasn't. Um, I, I wasn't going to do karate either. And, um, there's a Krav Maga school, but you know, they're just, I I have certain physical limitations where it was just like, you know, I, I have to find something more practical. So I started looking around and I saw that there were a bunch of jujitsu academies in and around Milwaukee. And there was actually one up the road from my apartment. So I went there, spoke with the coaches and, uh, let them know kind of like where I was coming from, what I was looking for. And I, I signed up that day. And it has been one of the best decisions I I can honestly say I've made in my life Um, because I am just – it's made (laughs) – here, here, let me say this. Jiu-jitsu is so freaking difficult. It makes everything else in life seem like nothing in comparison. And I think I kind of needed that. And, um, you know, I, I thought about joining like social groups and stuff like that, but I'm also kind of an introverted person. I'd rather do something. I'd rather stand shoulder to shoulder and work on something with somebody than to, you know, talk face to face with them and, you know, pretend I'm more enthused than I am. And, um, you know, that that's the great thing about martial arts because immediately you get to know people pretty fast and you don't get to know anyone better than when they're trying to choke you out or something. So immediately, my first couple months, um, it was a challenge. Like, one, getting into a routine was already really freaking difficult. After work, the last thing I wanted to do was that, really. I was thinking, okay, once or twice a week, just try and do that. So it got to the point where it just became really fun, and I started learning and doing really cool stuff, and even me being the injured bigger guy, uh, older than some of the people, it was like, you know, this is actually, like, I'm actually seeing this in effect. Like, it's, it, it was like a superpower, it was awesome, and uh, the first three four months was absolute like ass kicking. Like there there's a there's a beginners class that my school offers, but you only really focus on one thing, and then you just really drill it down so you get good to that one thing. The other classes, it's like half. Have teaching you a couple of things that maybe you're like you know ten percent good at, and then you have to apply it in a live rolling match where you're just going over and over in these time matches of people and they don't they don't segregate by belt color you're going against everybody, the people that have been there for a while and the people who are way more experienced than you so I was going to work for months, and at one point, like I screwed up my ankle, I got um you know a whole bunch of cuts on my face, I fractured a finger um well that's more recently. Like, you know, I had just bruises all over my body. I threw out my back at one point. I had to start seeing a chiropractor, messed up my right knee. Like, I at one point I was like, am I am I freaking crazy? Like, should I even keep doing this? But I was seeing the reward because when you can actually use something that you learned in class against another student uh, who's your opponent when you're rolling and you're like, oh my God, like I was able to take this person out and this person was just wiping the floor with me. Um it's an amazing thing and you know it, it it I remember some of the people that I was rolling with at the very beginning I was almost terrified to go up against them and they they are they are very talented and they would just wipe the floor with me but now it's like now it's like I'm I'm in a different place they're still better than me but it's a harder fight for them and I'm not even tapping out as much and it it's that it's those small victories that really really bring it together. The one thing that kind of frustrated me at the beginning, but I've kind of seen now is is a is a blessing in disguise is the the belt and rank system. It's it's different than other martial arts and it was very different than what I thought it was going to be like with taekwondo. With taekwondo, people who and we discussed this in the episode with uh, Joshua a few months back. Uh, you can go ahead and listen to that where we talk about the idea of McDojos. There were a lot of people that I did Taekwondo with who never competed, who rarely sparred, who kind of just went on autopilot and they were getting promoted irregardless of their real ability to master those skills. And, uh, you know, it's called a seven-year-old black belt syndrome. It's like in the kids' programs, stuff like that, where you see kids that are still, like, getting help from their parents, wiping their own ass, who are black belts, apparently. That that doesn't exist in jiu-jitsu. One, for, like, the kids' program, as I learned, they have a completely different belt system. You'll never see a seven-year-old black belt. Secondly, in jiu-jitsu, um, you've got your white belt, you've got your blue belt, purple belt, brown belt, black belt. It's one, they don't, the, you only take one test and some, some schools do it differently, but for mine at least and a few of the others that I've got friends at, they only test you once and it's when you're going for your blue belt. Um, and it is like, it's really hard to rank up in jujitsu. You have to put on a lot of mat time and you have to master a lot of skills. Jujitsu is different because it's way more technical And if you screw up one little thing, you compromise the whole fight. So, for example, most people can be a white belt for two or more years. I've been doing this for eight months now. I was going three, four days a week, still am, doing private lessons with my coach to do stuff. And it wasn't until January of this year that I got my first um, stripe on my belt. You got to get three, four stripes or something like that to uh, qualify for the next belt. And it's entirely based off whether or not your instructor believes you've actually mastered that. A lot of people who started with me um, who were younger than me or maybe older, but they were all in like better shape and they seemed to have more of a skill for it. I can tell you that the one thing that really intimidated me was that I felt like I was the worst person in class every time. But the thing is, is that what I realized was that Even there, there, you know, whether you won every match or whether you lost every match, you still went and trained jujitsu. And there are a lot of people who started around the same time I started who were, you know, younger, faster, stronger than me, more talented than me, but they quit because they weren't getting that immediate instant gratification from the instant promotion system that a lot of, um, a lot of other martial arts kind of. Give people. It's the paint by the numbers approach where it's like, well, you know, you, you came to X number of classes, therefore you obviously get this rank. And they do it to keep people in. Jiu jitsu, you know, you have a high turnover rate. A lot of people that start don't follow through with it. And it, it's like that for a lot of things, but especially for for this because it's so freaking hard. I was actually um, helping my coach with um, with a private lesson for a brand new person, so I was the test dummy, the the uke, and um, you know the the one thing that he mentioned to the guy was like, oh yeah, Remus is going to help me today. He's got a stripe, which knows he knows how to take a hit, and it's funny because you know I. Uh, when, when I got my first stripe in jujitsu, you know, it's a piece of athletic tape that goes over your belt. I was like, this is the best day ever. And I, I'm still very proud of it. I'm happy where I've been, but it was one of those things where it's like, you know what? Like I got this far and a lot of people didn't. And I felt that way when I was becoming an officer in the army, especially going to marry military and to, to your military college, I attended for my early commission, uh, in the army, like a lot of people just quit. And, um, I, I guess maybe I'm just really brave or I'm just really stupid in the fact that I'm allowing grown men to injure me at my own dime, on my own time. But it, it was one of those things where it's like, you know, it takes a lot of freaking time. And it, it became less about the belt. And I, I didn't go into it because it's like, I want to be a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt one day. One day, maybe. It, it really is, as I began to realize, like, it's going to be a long slog, I really had to dial in on, like, what am I really doing? One, I wanted to get in better shape. Since then, I've lost 10 pounds. Uh, that seems to be kind of where I've I've been stuck at. So I've got to do some additional things off the mats. i got to start doing more cardio, more strength training on my own time to kind of break that 10-pound uh, uh, barrier I'm at. But dropping 10 pounds, it's one of the reasons why I shaved my facial hair recently. Some of you have seen me on Instagram or whatever where I had the mustache goatee I shaved it because my face looks different. My face is way slimmer. I've got some of my jawline back. Um, I've still got a lot of weight to go, but like you know, ten pounds just by doing this. Like I, it, it forced me to be more accountable in other areas of my life in terms of sleep, in terms of recovery, in terms of diet and stuff like that. Like I've gotten sick. Uh, you know, like, you know, I had COVID, I had to take a couple weeks off and stuff like that, but I was still watching what I was eating. I was still watching uh, videos on YouTube and I was communicating with my coach on what were we working on and where are some things I could read or whatever. And um, it, it became, you know, something where it was like, you know, I also did it to make friends and almost all my friends here now are in the jujitsu world. And, you know, if I've said anything, it's that you've got to surround yourself with, with, with people that are going to lift you up in my old life. In the political world, I quickly learned who my friends were and who they weren't. And it wasn't a group of people that were lifting each other up. Whereas this is a place where everyone is there for different reasons. And I don't necessarily feel a lot of that toxic competitiveness. I felt at other places in the past, The, the school that I finished doing Taekwondo at, because I was just done with it as I spoke about in that episode of Joshua, was like a toxic Cobra High School. It was it was a horrible experience. I felt like people were out to hurt me. It was not a good situation. Whereas here, like you know, I, I made I've made some remarkable friends. But more importantly, like it, it's given me a drive to do things that I otherwise wouldn't going to that um, you know, two day jujitsu camp when I was still a no stripe white belt when I when, you know, I, I it was like my third, fourth month. Um, I felt like I had no business doing that, but I'm glad I did. I learned so much. I I built a lot of confidence in myself. I accomplished things I didn't think I was going to be able to do, and I made friends out of it. And, you know, things like, you know, waking up early in the morning before work uh, to go to the gym. I'm not going to lie and say I've gotten better at that, but I'm going to morning jujitsu classes. And there's no better way to start the day than letting a whole bunch of grown adults beat the shit out of you. (laughs) And, um, you know, it's, it's just been it's just been fantastic but overall it's really made me evaluate like what am i gonna how am i going to respond to challenges in life you know i mentioned earlier you know jiu jitsu so difficult it makes everything else seem minor by comparison um you know a big issue i had at the beginning of my jiu jitsu career and i still struggle with this to a degree is panicking um, you know, when somebody's on top of you, when somebody's got their arm around your neck, when somebody's got your arms or your legs in a position where it's like you can't control it, and somebody is basically manhandling you, um, you, you panic. And you know, it's been one of those things where it's like when you panic, you're you're giving them more opportunity to to beat you and to win and to dominate you. And uh, the big thing I had to learn was just you know, like calm down, breathe, like slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And it's it's been a great way for me to really deal with a lot of things where it's like, you know, what is the real inconvenience? What is the real challenge? Is there a way to get out of this or is there a way to resolve this or is there not a way? And in jujitsu, there's almost always a way. But even when you can't find a way, you, you then have to really just come to terms with, you know, like what, what's going to happen now. And it forces that uh, that complex problem-solving in a much more real and dangerous way, because the the repercussions are more immediate. It's made dealing with people in the office de- easier. Uh, you know, dealing with interpersonal uh, challenges of other people way easier. People have commented how calmer I am, how more resolute I am, how more um, you know, how how more intentional I am with a lot of things. And I I don't think I could have done that without jujitsu. And I mean, it's also forced a lot of conversations with myself about like, why am I doing the things I'm doing? What am I trying to accomplish? It's been a, it's been a way of therapy to a large degree. And because I mean, it's, it it, it, it tests you on every level. It tests you on a a mental level and emotional level and a physical level. It's one of the few things where you're really gonna do that. And I see this with a lot of athletes, but you know, I, I, a lot of my role models are in the fight community um, you know, Floyd Mayweather, uh, Travis Stevens, the, the judo Olympian and all those people, like um, a lot of my favorite athletes growing up, they're almost all fighters and they, 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 they're different than other athletes because it's not just a, a reflection of the dedication they put into becoming really good at those things. It, it's a, it's a, it's a way of fighting a lot of things at the same time. It's never just about boxing. It's never just about judo. It's never just about jujitsu. It's people trying to combat a lot of things. And um, you know, it's it's why I've done so many episodes in the past about why, you know, people need hobbies. People need something that's gonna test you, you know, something that's gonna test you intellectually, something that's gonna be really for leisure. And then something that'll, you know, provide you fun and uh, you know, help you at the same time with your physical health because we need to do all those things. I think it helps make us a better person. Um, it's, it certainly has helped me become what I feel is to be more well-rounded because everything that I really do in my life, even things I really enjoy like my other podcast, the Second Print Comics podcast, which is all about comic books and movies, it's like everything I kind of do is tied to money. And that, that's not to say that it's not fun, but it changes the relationship between the things that you used to love purely because you love it and now you're doing it more for financial reasons. And uh, jujitsu ju- is the only thing I really have in my life that I'm not trying to get big off of. I'm not trying to make money off of it. I'm not going to become a professional MMA fighter or anything like that. This was entirely for me, and I don't have to share it with anyone else. I don't have to, you know, this doesn't factor into my career or anything. This was entirely just for me, and it's it- it's really made me prioritize my own health and my own time and what brings me happiness i know a lot of people don't understand it because a lot of people are adverse to violence and you know they look at the injuries and you know the stuff like that and they think it's not worth it but that's a you thing because for me it is the one of the best decisions i think i've ever made getting back into it you know when i felt like a stranger in a strange cold land and um I, I see myself doing this for as long as I'm physically capable. Even when I went back to Virginia for Christmas, I even met up with a, a local school there. I reached out and said, hey, I'm currently training, but I'll be home for a few weeks. Can I come train? They were like, yeah, come train for free. And it's, it's fantastic. And when I go back to Virginia uh, next month, I'm going to go back and train there hopefully. And um, Because it, it is the one time of the day where it's like I can also put away my phone. I don't have to deal with anybody else. Right here right now living in the moment is uh is something you're you're forced to accept and deal with or else you'll uh, you'll you'll definitely not do as great but it, it forces that that immediateness upon you that that moment of presence so you know i'm I've been doing it for eight months I'm gonna do it for another eight months another eight months after that and I'm gonna do it for as long as I physically can because if it taught me one thing it's that you know i I I did it for reasons that were initially just to get me out and to, you know, focus on some immediate challenges in my life, and I felt like this could go ahead and um, deal with all of that, but now I'm doing it just because it makes me happy, and it, it, you know, happiness is something that's worth investing in. I genuinely believe that. Well, folks, that's all I've got today. Hope you appreciated this. Hope maybe you'll go out and find your jujitsu, whether it's building models, going on trips. I don't care. Find the one thing that you do just for yourself that brings you happiness. Something that you can kind of put into all those parts of your life. You know, what challenges intellectually, what's getting you emotionally, what's getting you uh, health-wise. Maybe it's something that hits all three. I don't know. But, you know, I, uh, I definitely think I found the thing for me. Well... Hope you enjoyed that. Please leave a rating and review across Al Gore's amazing internet. As always, be good, be safe. I'll talk to you later.